Everybody remember what we was talking about last week? Go ahead, shout it out. Uh-oh. Talked about double-mindedness. And, uh, well, let me uh, just go ahead and back up a little bit and start, and we'll go again. Um, talked about double-mindedness, being thinking about two different things. And the uh, think about it like if you have two wolves, and every time they come in contact with another, they fight. And only one can win. And that's like the inner conflict we have in us all the time. The good, the bad, faith, fear. So which one of these wolves is going to win? The one that you feed. You know, uh, God, he... uh, he gets a, a bad rap. Because when things don't come to pass, we just go ahead and, and blame him. And that's all orchestrated by Satan. Because Satan cannot compete with the greatness of God. He cannot hide everything that he's done. God's greatness is in everything that we see. It is in creation and everything is created by God himself. So the only thing, the only tool that Satan has is to be able to lie, to distort our image of God. Just like he did in the garden when he spoke to Eve. Did God really say that? And through our lives, through our teachings, through the people we interact with, we get a false sense of God to the point that we see God as, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But God doesn't function on whims. God is not randomly picking who to bless, who to save, and who to let suffer. Everything is based on the laws that God himself put into place. And we see in the Old Testament God helping the faithful by faith. We see in the New Testament Jesus healing, blessing. We see fortunes gained. We see the dead come to life. We see people healed. We see lives changed. And just because Jesus went back to heaven doesn't mean any of that stopped. We still see through Acts and so forth. We see these things still taking place. We see the presence of God in people's lives. And we see people using what Jesus has gave each and every one of us to change their own lives and to change the life of others. We all have the same power that Jesus had because he gave it to us. The power to access the kingdom of heaven, the power to heal. 
And we see that. And even if we look, if we go right here in this room, I bet you we can pull a story of how someone prayed someone back. I know there's stories of people that's been healed when it seemed medically impossible. Right here in this room, people can attest to that. So that tells me that it still happens. So if it's not God's fault, if he's not just randomly doing these things, then it has to be us. And it is. And I bring up last week's message because not only was it a message, but it also, it taught me. Because I look back on times when it seems like that God didn't show up. That God wasn't there. And I know, because I am teaching it here, that God is always there. I know that it can't be his fault. So it has to be mine. And sometimes it takes a lot of prayer and a lot of study to see where the breakdown is. But there is a breakdown. And when we get this revelation, there is nothing that you can experience like the revelation of God. When he shows you something so crystal clear and it is life changing. When he touches your life in a very special way, there's nothing else that compare. And I want us all to be able to experience that. I want us all to have that revelation. I want us to all to be able to find out where the breakdowns is. So we can overcome the breakdowns and be able to have our needs met the way God intended. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to, to speak your word. Father, I just let you take myself out of the way. Just let your message shine through. Open the hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. Let us take it to heart to understand it, Father, and spread it. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. So we have to start learning these different principles, baby steps, so we can start putting together this big picture puzzle. I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of different people. And there was one such that was in a, a financial situation. And their answer was they were just waiting for it to, the money just to show up from somewhere. To one day to open the mailbox and there would be a bag of money in there. Well, I'm not saying that that can't happen. If that's the way God wants to do it, then so be it. I've had money show up in my mailbox before that I wasn't expecting. Granted, it wasn't in a bag, but it was in a check. But yet, it still showed up. And oftentimes, it showed up just at the right time when I needed it. But the thing is, God wants us to be a part. We think of God oftentimes as like a genie. We just ask and then receive. It's kind of like when you're a kid, you go up to mom and dad, you say, you know, mom, dad, I need this. And then poof, it happens. 
God wants a little more effort on our part. Because, uh, first of all, most times things ain't going to just happen the way we envision. You know, we think about this is the only option. Well, God's going to come up with another option that's so much better and so much different than what we ever could imagine. You know, God may not give you a million dollars, but he might give you a million dollar idea. We all have needs. We have wants. And we have situations that we need to have taken care of. Let's, uh, let's look at an example in the Word today of someone that was in need that had a situation that needed to be taken care of. And if you want to, you can turn with me to uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4, the widow's oil. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord, and his creditor has come to take him and my two sons into bondment. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what thou hast in thy house. And she said, Thy handman had not anything in the house, Save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thy vessels abroad. Of all thee neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and thy sons, and thou shalt pour out all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside which is full. So when she went for him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And she said, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And then she came and told the man of God, and said, Go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest. You know, one thing we deal with is, is that when we, we hear a story like this, Let's say that we weren't reading from the Word of God today. Let's say that we were reading from a story like this and it was set yesterday. That through the Lord that... And we don't even have to be oil. Let's just say that she poured out and gold fell out. Something that's valuable and relevant today. Let's say that... Dollar bills poured out. Hundred dollars bills poured out. We would think that's impossible. That's crazy. That's some kind of a scam. And what we're doing is right there is we are showing our doubt. We are saying God can't do that. See the breakdown right away. So, God will use what we have. Now, he asked her, he said, what did you have? I have nothing. I have nothing but this little pot of oil. 
See, we all think we have nothing, that we're too old, that we're too sick, that we're too broken, we're too broke, that we have nothing that we can use, nothing we can offer. But God is so great, he's so powerful, that he can take anything, anything, and he can multiply it, he can use it beyond belief. She only had the oil, so she took the one thing that she had. And they told her to go gather the pots. She had to put forth an effort. We see a pattern of this every time. If Peter and his crew was going to catch the fish, he first had to let down the nets. The fish didn't come jump in the boat. The fish didn't jump on the bank. He had to let down the nets. The woman with the issue of blood, she had to go and touch the garments of Jesus. Action. So they had to gather the pots. Even Jesus. Jesus took simple water. Everyday water. And he turned it into wine. But first of all, it had to start with something they already had. The water. And there is a reason for this. I told you earlier, everything is based on laws. God gave the world to man, Adam. And he in turn turned it over to Satan. God has no authority by his laws to come into our lives and interfere without us allowing him to do so. By taking something that we already possess and turning over to him, it allows him to be able to to come into our lives and to use it for our benefit. She had to go and collect the pots. Now, here's where the, the faith came in. Because... He didn't tell her what they were going to be doing with these pots, what these vessels were going to be used for. Had no idea. Had no idea how it connected with what she already had. She knew this little bit of oil is not going to go very far. It's not worth very much. You know, why are you even asking? You know, at that time, I'm sure she had no idea what this was all about. But yet she still went and had her sons go out and collect as many as they could by faith. And then the miracle began to happen. It just continued to flow and flow and flow. But we notice as soon as every vessel was full, the oil stopped. 
Now, once we have all the facts and we back up and we look at this, just think how this could have turned out a whole lot different. What if they didn't put a whole lot of effort into it? Maybe they only went to the next door neighbor and only got a couple. They might not have enough oil to even pay off their debts. But because their faith was strong and they gathered just as much as they could, that they followed the instruction, they had not only enough to take care of all their debts, but they had enough to continue to live on for the rest of their days. Abundance. God not only solved the problem that she had right then and there, the thing they were stressing over and struggling over, God went ahead and provided a way for them to survive moving forward in abundance. Because of faith, because of action, because of belief. And that's how it works in our own lives. We don't see what the end result is. We don't see how God is going to see us through. And we don't see where the abundance is going to come from. So we have to have faith to believe that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. The one thing they could do is, was they could go and collect. They could do. God takes what we have and we multiply it. As we go through the study, as we get some more foundation, one of the things we're going to talk about is sowing and reaping. And we see some of that displayed here in this parable today. They take something small and they the action. We see that her husband was a man of God. That he served underneath Elijah. He worked doing God's work. He spent time sowing into the kingdom of heaven. And even after his death, his family was able to reap the benefit of what he had put out there in the world. The earth curse system that we live under because of sin, it makes us where we want to hold back, where we want to be stingy. We want to be careful about what we do. We don't want to be giving. And that's completely opposite of what God wants. Through giving and generosity, it not only helps what we're doing right there on the surface, but more importantly, the bigger picture is it's allowing God to come in and bless what we are doing and bless our lives through our generosity. We are doing more than giving. We are sowing into the kingdom of heaven. 
And that allows us to reap a benefit, reap a blessing. We have to have faith. going to uh, stop right there. I left my other set of notes behind because I didn't want to keep right on going. And we're going to continue on with looking at these examples. Looking at what our part is. We have to know what our part is, understand our part, so we can do our part. You know, uh, as we, as we raise our children, we, when they start reaching certain levels of maturity, we start having them do things for ourselves. We have them gather their clothes, pick out their clothes. We have them put on their own shoes. As soon as they're able to start doing these things, we have them start doing things for ourselves. Of course, we can keep doing things as long as we allow it to. But if we don't allow them to mature, then they're never going to be able to make it on their own. They're never going to be able to do these things for themselves. And of course, yeah, God could, if he chose to, just magically do everything that we need. Well, through that, we would never mature. We would never become the people that we're supposed to be. We would never have the faith that can move mountains. You know, I've heard someone say, you know, if it's so easy for that, why isn't everyone doing it? It's because everybody doesn't have that faith. Me included. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort to be able to build that kind of faith. That is what my hope is for all of us, for this church, for the people listening, to be able to have that kind of faith. Where fear and worry and doubt is struck down. Knowing that our Lord and Savior, knowing that our God in heaven is taking care of all of our needs. I don't want to hear anymore that, well, it didn't happen. I prayed and it didn't happen. If you prayed and it didn't happen, I want to be able to know why it didn't happen. We've heard so many times in our lives that it is not God's will. It is God's will. He tells us so. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity again, Father, just to, to hear your word. And Father, we know that it, it is there's so much and there's so it's so powerful, Father. And just, Father, I ask you to forgive me where I just can't do a good enough job of bringing it out. Father, I just ask that you open the hearts and minds to receive it and that individually, Father, that the Holy Spirit will work in each and every one of us that will start lighting these dark spots, Father. We'll start receiving revelation, Father, of how our lives...
lives need to change and how can we can be thinking differently, Father, and doing things differently and how that we can have the full fulfillment, Father, of the kingdom of heaven and that that power can come down into our lives, Father. We can shake and spread it to others and we can just be a beacon of light, Father. That people will truly look at us and see that we're different and want to know what that difference is. We thank you for this, Father, and ask everything in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 375 in your hymnal.